safety enthusiasts. This is Tim Ludwig from safetydoc.com. Good to have you here. Welcome to the Insights into Your Safety Culture podcast, which is simulcast as a blog on safetydoc.com. Join us at safety-doc.com for 30 years of research, stories, videos, books, and blogs, all to get your safety culture fix. Now let's get to it. Good, better, best. Never let it rest until your good is better and your better is best. You know, that zero harm goal on all the posters may seem insurmountable. A more fruitful path is to get to the numbers behind the number, a path to get you below zero. Let's learn how some companies achieve below zero. Your annual injury rate, well, it's a static number. It can define your safety program performance, but injury rates, it can seem pretty random. It's frustrating working so hard to reduce that rate, only to have it bounce back up arbitrarily. I work with the Cambridge Center for Behavioral Studies. It's a not-for-profit organization whose mission it is to reduce human suffering through the application of behavioral science. Applications of behavioral science have impacted people and animals through work in autism and human services, in schools and prisons, attacking violence, encouraging volunteering, and of course, increasing safe behaviors in the workplace. The Cambridge Center credits the best-in-practice safety programs around the world who have had significant reductions in injuries associated with the use of behavioral science. I tell you, it's cool to visit these programs, meet the amazing people, and learn what makes them great. It's a beautiful thing to review data where injury rates are near zero and have been for many years. See for yourself. Check out the injury recordable data from companies like Eastman Chemicals, their acetate fiber division, Marathon Petroleum Company, their Illinois refining division, Costain Incorporated, and so forth. Feel free to go to behavior.org and check out other companies whose applications show their data and describe their behavioral safety programs in detail. When you look at the injury rates for these programs, say over a 10-year period, you'll notice that most of these companies experienced what I call the two S-curves. The first drop in injuries, the first S-curve, was achieved by grabbing the low-hanging fruit, by implementing sound safety management systems like processes and rules, guarding, lockout, tagout, training, safety meetings, and the like. Then they experienced a plateau and learned they needed to engage their employees to start the next S-curve. They studied, learned about safety cultures, and ultimately adopted a behavioral safety program that engaged their employees. The second S-curve got them substantially below industry standards and near zero. Yet, statistically, the closer you get to zero, the harder it gets. Stretch a rubber band out in front of you. Pretend the stretch rubber band is your industry's average for injuries. You work hard to pull that injury rate down, much like pulling down the middle of that rubber band. Easy at first, but then it gets increasingly harder as you get further and further away from that average. What does that rubber band want to do? Bounce back. Consider all the forces trying to bounce your injuries back up. Aging equipment, aging workforces, and new workers coming on board, cost-cutting, production pressures, new leadership, etc., etc. The further you pull towards zero injuries, the more pressure you'll feel trying to force that number back up. So staying near zero is an achievement by itself, but it's not very satisfying or reassuring. 
How to get below zero. Communication is the key to a positive safety culture. You can see it when peers give feedback to other peers about the risks being taken, when supervisors share safety tips with their teams, when managers look at data and ask questions. The more everyone talks about safety, the better. In fact, my definition of safety culture is simply people talking about safety. One type of communication that is critical to reducing injuries is when employees communicate where hazards are, what risks are being taken, and when they have a close call or minor injuries. The type of communication we're talking about is reporting. Reporting is a behavior we can promote among our employees. Reporting helps us discover where the injuries lurk. Reporting allows us to intervene proactively to make the workplace safer before injuries happen. Reporting is a measure of communication and a really good one. Every accredited site by the Cambridge Center measures reporting. It's easy to see the relationship between increases in reporting and decreases in injuries. If you look at the 12-year graph of Marathon Petroleum's Illinois Refining Division on behavior.org or on our accompanying blog, on safety.com, you'll see a substantial reduction of injuries over that time. Along with this, you'll see a substantial increase in the number of reporting that their staff and contractor workforce accomplished through safety observations in their behavioral safety program. In fact, the correlation is clear as the increase and observations increase, the number of injuries decrease over the same period. Hey, this is Tim breaking into this podcast to tell you about my book, Dysfunctional Practices That Kill Your Safety Culture. A manager finds himself on top of a stepladder. A woman removes a guard to her machine. A worker is not wearing her safety glasses in the plant. A rustabout uses the wrong size clamp instead of retrieving the right tool. A supervisor teaches a new worker to take a shortcut. A mechanic climbs on top of the active machine to find the oil leak. Why do these folks do these things? Is it because they're stupid? We'll find out. Read or listen to the first chapter on safetydoc.com. Dysfunctional practices available now on Amazon and Lulu.com. And now, back to our podcast. We see this increase in reporting related to decrease in injuries over and over and over again in our Cambridge Center accredited sites of the best in practice behavioral safety programs. Eastman Chemical has their acetate fiber division. They, they increased reporting in two ways. First of all, the number of at-risk behaviors voluntarily reported by their workforce during their behavioral safety program increased substantially over a 10-year period. Also, their near-miss or close-call reports increased substantially during that same time period. And, you guessed it, their injury rates dropped substantially from an OSHA rate of above 8 down to, well, close to zero. It may be hard to visualize the kind of graphs I'm talking about here on a podcast, so stop the podcast for a moment, get a sheet of paper out, and draw a standard graph, X and Y axis, 
The y-axis is the one going up. That would be, say, your OSHA rate. And the x-axis, the horizontal axis, uh, just make it time, like uh, quarters or years across time. And then on the far right hand, put another axis going up and make that a count of some type of recording in your organization. Now plot some imaginable injury rate, starting pretty high on that left y-axis. Dropping down over the next couple years as the first S-curve achieves its purpose, taking that low-hanging fruit, shoring up your safety management systems, and then over the next couple years, allow it to plateau. Stay even eh, toward the bottom third of the graph. Still not close to zero. Then take that injury rate dropping through a second S-curve, dropping down below one on the OSHA recordable rate. In fact, let it hug, let it hug the zero and continue on to the end of the graph. Now, start back over at the beginning of your timeline and start putting in data for your reporting. <laughs> probably back when the OSHA recordable rate was really high, recording was probably near zero. So start it there, start zero, Increasing slightly during the first S-curve, but not too much because we're not engaging our employees during that compliance-based shoring up of our safety management systems. Then about the time where you're achieving the second S-curve in your injury rate, allow your participation in reporting to go up. Curve it up about the same time as that second S-curve drop in your injury rate continuing to increase over time through the end of the graph. That graph will look a lot like you'll see from Marathon Petroleum, Eastman Chemical, and other best-in-practice programs that are documented on behavior.org and on safetydoc.com. Again, if you want to see these graphs on safetydoc.com, simply go to the blog page, look up below zero, you'll see the text of this podcast and the graphs that I'm referring to. Now to better understand this relationship between reporting and injuries, let's flip it. Now take this same graph that you just drew and turn the reporting data upside down. That's right, where it went up on your graph, make that reporting data go down. So increases in reporting instead trend downward from zero to below zero. So you'll be going off the graph. Continue to take an exact mirror of the reporting data from above zero and replicate it below zero. And if you look at your graph, now that you have the injury rate going down and the inverse relationship of the recording rate going down below zero, you'll notice that injuries tend to decrease as if being pulled down by reporting. You may want to do this with your own company's data. Graph the injury rate over time and pick any of your meaningful recording participation data and graph it on the same graph, I'd be willing to bet 
that your reduction in injuries, especially along the second S-curve, after you've taken care of the low-hanging fruit, that reduction in injuries will be associated with an increase in reporting. Again, go to behavior.org or safetydot.com and, and see the data for yourself in these best-in-practice programs. But you know, injuries themselves cannot go below zero. And it's rare and possibly improbable to achieve zero injuries over the long term. But you can achieve below zero with a strong reporting culture, helping you fight the forces, trying to increase your injury rate. More reporting allows you to proactively mitigate hazards and risks, capturing these forces in the act. Now, are you getting tired trying to hold that rubber band down all by yourself, that rubber band that represents your injury rates, trying to hold it near zero while the forces around you are trying to push injuries back up? Those, that, that aging workforce, that aging equipment, changes in production quotas, new employees coming along, new processes and procedure, all conspiring to try to push that injury rate back up. You're getting pretty tired trying to hold that rubber band down all by yourself. So instead of trying to hold that rubber band down all by yourself, reporting allows all of your employees, all of them, participating, talking, reporting, all of your employees together, pulling that rubber back down, back below zero. So would you like to hold down that rubber band by yourself? or have your whole workforce helping. This podcast is a production of safetydoc.com and is copyrighted by Timothy Ludwig, PhD. All rights reserved. For those small doses of inspiration, visit safetydoc.com. If you would like Dr. Ludwig to speak at your corporate or society safety function, simply use the contact link on safetydoc.com. Thanks for listening.